This is the Soulfully Casual Podcast hosted by Maddie Ice. And now, your host, Maddie Ice. Oh, and happy Wednesday, y'all. Welcome back to the Soulfully Casual Podcast. I'm your host, Maddie Ice, and it is another you know, glorious episode, another glorious attempt to speak with y'all. Uh, a few weeks ago, I recorded an episode giving you some insight into my relationship with food, and I got a really good response to that. I, I know that there are people who shared that with others because I think everybody knows somebody who has struggled with weight and has struggled with food in some point in their lifetime. Um, and really what that episode was about was about giving you a little bit of an inside scoop into my story of what I think of as hitting rock bottom. And you know how I rose from the ashes, so to speak, and have learned so much about how I consume food in my relationship with food. Uh, I was talking about a friend recently about this episode and about overcoming fears of different things, some challenges that we have in our personal life that we sort of share that are different, but you know not. Uh, one thing to note is I have some social anxiety, which is you know maybe surprising given the fact that I do this show, but. Um, and in the end that I love public speaking, I think I've talked about that too, but when it comes to certain things like making phone calls, setting up appointments for the doctor, uh, but the biggest hurdle I think that I've really had recently in getting over is going to the dentist. Um, it had been something like eight years since I'd been to the dentist, and the time that I went the last time, I had such a bad experience and it really left me scarred. Uh, it was It's so difficult to find a good doctor, a good dentist in a neighborhood that you live in, and I was so just scared of trying to figure out what was a good doctor and taking a risk and having another episode that I had, you know, before in the eight years prior. Um, when my in-laws moved to town to help us out with our son, you know, they obviously had to reestablish their doctors, dentists, all that good stuff. And they found a dentist that's right down the street from us. They went and said it was really good. And they know that I had struggled with that and that I need, desperately needed to go. And they said, you know, go to this, this place. I think it's been really good. And I did. And you know what? Um, it ended up being really great and I felt like I overcame something there and now you know there's nothing that makes me feel like I have to have that of being afraid again I found a good doctor a good dentist and all that well my friend who I was talking to has a similar experience but with his doctor um, you know he had a bad experience a number of years ago with uh, you know a general practitioner and he hasn't been back since and he shares a similar affliction that I do of calling and making appointments the anxiety that goes on with it because it's really by extension the anxiety of what is to come when you make that appointment it's not as if it's the anxiety of picking up the phone i mean we all have phones we we call people we text people and that's not really a problem it's really what it is the the anxiety of what the unknown is when you do something like this um and i think for him you know he going to the doctor no matter what it's for it also includes you know being weighed so a funny story that somebody told me was how they went to the doctor for their foot or their toe and they had to be weighed and then their doctor said something about their weight which is really sort of unrelated to what they were talking about there i don't know anybody that actually likes being weighed at the doctor because that scale always seems to add some five or seven pounds uh, to your weight and for me they make me weigh myself obviously with my clothes on because they do it out in the hallway. So now you're adding even more onto it. So I actually recently went for um, a knee issue that I had and I have lost about 30 pounds in the last few months. And it didn't reflect on the scale because the scale seems to 
add some ridiculous amount of weight. And I was also in jeans and a sweater and all that. So it just was kind of ridiculous anyway. Um, but whenever you go, if you know, or you want to lose weight, there is sort of a fear that goes along with it and anxiety that goes along with it because you know, you're going to get weighed and you know that your doctor is going to say something to you, at least if your doctor is doing you a service. I mean, there are some doctors who maybe don't say anything, but um, not every doctor is the same in their approach to it. Not every doctor is the same in how they give you that news. I mean, and think about it, it's natural. I mean, we hate the idea of weighing ourselves in general unless we're losing weight or we don't have to worry about our weight. It's, it's something that's inconsequential to a number of people in this country, but obesity has been climbing so it is consequential to a lot of people. Uh, but when you go to the doctor and you are weighed and your weight is hurting you in the long run, there is still a dread of the doctor telling you uh, that you're overweight, right? That you need to do something about your weight. And I think for a lot of people, it's, you know, the thought of, of being lost or scared because once you know that, I mean, even though you know it before you go, when you now come out of it, it's like, well, what do I do now? Um, what, how do I do this? And he said that to me, he said, I just don't know where to start. I don't even know how I would do this. And I think for him, thankfully, I've been through that journey. Um, I took on this weight loss, you know, head, full head of steam once I was ready. And I have taken multiple approaches to it. And over that time period, I figured out what has worked best for me. Uh, he's never done something like this. He's never tackled it in the idea of totality because I think what ends up happening, and he did tell this to me, that you know I started exercising, but you can't actually out-exercise a bad diet. And I think this is a good point to tell you that I am not a certified uh, nutritionist, and I am not a certified uh, physical, you know, excuse me, personal trainer. If you want a certified personal trainer, listen to the manual in Cleveland because he is actually a certified trainer. He's my trainer and he's excellent. So there's a plug for you, buddy. Um, but the harsh, you know, sort of reality of not knowing the unknown of where to start. And if there's one bit of growth that I've done, you know, over this time, it's developing the confidence to know that I can lose weight or I know how to lose weight personally. The science of losing weight is actually not that difficult. I think most people can conceptualize how it goes. I eat less and I move more. That's what my father used to say. But as an overgeneralization, that is actually true. That's what you need to do. You need to be more active and you need to make better choices with your reading. But then there's all the other things that go into it. Like, how do I make that happen? What things should I eat? What calories should I consume? What exercise should I do? And then there's the mental barriers we put on ourselves. Um, and it, you know, I, I know how to start now. I also know what triggers me during, the, du during this. And I know the basics of sort of how we lose weight. Like I've really come to understand a lot of that. And I've chosen a path for myself. But it took me many years to figure that out. And it takes a lot of other people that time. And some people don't ever develop it. And it also, the one big thing that I don't think is never taken into consideration is the emotional part of it. I would venture a guess that most people overeat because they have some emotional attachment or some emotional distress in their life. And food is the way to satiate that. That's the way it was for me. But it took me the longest time to figure it out. And once I did figure it out, it was very liberating. It was like, oh, okay. I've been eating like this because growing up, I wasn't allowed to have anything. And then I needed some type of validation from my parents. And so I was eating and them telling me that I needed to lose weight because they're concerned about me was some sick form of, of that validation. It's what 
I needed to do in order to get their attention. But you see, the attention that I was getting from them, I would not play, I, I would not give into it because I was in denial. I was in denial about what was going on. And you know, I mean, once I figured that out, it was, it was the craziest thing because now it's like, all right, when I go somewhere and I have something that I know is quote unquote bad for you, one thing I think it's un is very important to understand is that deprivation is not the way to go. Depriving yourself of something that you want is never the answer. You see it in kids all the time. If anybody is listening has ever had teenagers, you know, if you say, don't go to so-and-so's house, you know, on, without any parents there, they are so going to do it. Or, hey, the drinking age is 21. And hey, you're a freshman in college with no parents. And guess what? There's alcohol. You're going to do it. That's the way I've experienced it. When I say like, I can't have that. Now, I'll have it if I want it. But you have to understand how to have it in moderation and how to how to, to be able to do it within the confines of whatever it is that your goals are. Um, but if you're listening to this right now and you're struggling with starting, um, I completely know how you're feeling. It's daunting. It's uncertain. And when you have to lose a lot of weight or you feel like you have to lose a lot of weight, the feeling of it can be crushing. Um, when I, I know that, um, you know, the task of calorie counting is the best thing for me. And the reason that is, is because my mind is in analytical. I am technically a statistician by trade. Numbers are, you know, my thing. And so by calorie counting, I know that I can pick a number and a goal. And I know how that sort of uh, calculates out throughout a week. So 2000 calories is like the standard for a normal person. Uh, but if I want to lose a certain amount of weight per week and I want to get to a certain goal, I can adjust based off of that. And then I can make good choices. I can, um, you know, like, okay, so let's give you a good example. So one of the things that I have done uh, over time is figured out little things that I can adjust in my diet. I love Chipotle. I think it's, it's so good. And I still have it. I still have it whenever I want it. But here's the thing that I've changed. Now, when I know that I want to hit a certain calorie mark, and for me right now, it's somewhere between 1800 and 1900. And when I want to have Chipotle, and I know that the tortilla that goes on a burrito is 200 calories, well, now I understand how that fits into my daily, you know, my, my daily calorie uh, intake. And it's a certain percentage of it. It's actually a great percentage of it. And it's not really giving me anything. It's not providing me any nutrients or providing me some, you know, staying power that other 200 calories might. So I leave it off. The bowl becomes a really good option. And for my friend, when I told him that, he's like, you know, this is the kind of guidance that I need. This is the kind of, you know, information that I need to give get an idea. Because now he can look at what's in his pantry. He can look at what's in his refrigerator. And when he goes out, he can use apps. He can use the internet to find out how much things cost him in terms of calories and make better decisions that way. And the more that you do that, the more that you start to find things that you can cut out of your diet. Um, I've done that you know, over time myself. Uh, one thing that I used to like on, on my Chipotle was sour cream. But then when you looked at it, it's like 120 calories for whatever it is they put on there. Again, not really adding a whole lot, not really adding to the flavor of it for me personally. So that's another way to cut some things out. So now the thousand calorie burrito that I was having is now like a 500 calorie bowl because I have decided to put different things in there that are better for me. More vegetables, you know, brown rice, uh, chicken, lean chicken, things like that. Um, I, I use mustard instead of mayonnaise. Now, one interesting thing that happened when I was figuring foods out and losing weight is I started to not like mayonnaise. 
I actually don't know why. Like I will eat it today, but it's not a condiment that I actively choose. And now when you start looking at real mayonnaise versus mustard, you know, you're again, it starts to add up. You start to figure out things that maybe I don't need this. Maybe this is not enhancing my culinary experience by having this like on a turkey sandwich, you know, let's say. I think the only time that I do that is at Thanksgiving when I have my leftover sandwich. I think that's the only time I, you know, really indulge in mayonnaise. And it's not even, well, yeah, it is real mayonnaise. Um, but that's the kind of stuff that I figured out. You know, if you drink real soda, learning how many calories are in a soda, and then you start drinking four, five, six cans a day, oh man, do those add up. Alcohol, another huge one. So I, I, if you drink and you drink a lot, you know, during the week, that definitely starts to add up. I mean, you're talking 100, 100, 120 calories per beer, you know, glasses of wine if you're not sticking to like an eight ounce glass, something like that. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't ever drink or that you should, you know, do things differently depending on certain social circumstances. But being aware of what that does to you when you start intaking calories in liquid form, you're not giving yourself really anything. And so you're putting yourself at a disadvantage if you're you know, drinking a lot of calories and then trying to eat well with the foods that you're eating throughout the day. Um, but another thing too is like, are you having trouble with fruits and veggies? Are you somebody who can't just eat them plain or you need to, you know, uh, excuse me, spice it up a little bit? Um, I do smoothies. We do daily harvest. This is not a, a shill for them, but that's just what we do because it's easy. I don't have to look up a recipe, but if you go on the internet and look up recipes, there's millions of recipes for smoothies in all different types savory veggie you know with peanut butter protein shakes and everything i mean you can really do some some good there and get the kind of vegetable intake that you need without having to necessarily eat it plain or try to you know pit, um, shoehorn it into some meal that you're trying to make um, my wife and i also have things like frozen meals on hand and there's a lot of sodium in those so just be aware but that's a really easy one if we're feeling uninspired for dinner or the day has gotten away from us and we're picking up our son late we can throw a frozen meal in and usually they have a good combination of you know veggies and other sorts of uh, nutrients that you need and we try and pick the ones that are not indulgent we don't pick the ones with like major alfredo sauces or high calories we try to pick the ones that have a lot more veggies in them stir fries things like that that's what i've done so i lost a bunch of my weight using weight watchers at first it was really the thing that i needed because when i started i was feeling this same feeling of of daunting and, and you know uncertainty and I wasn't sure if anybody else felt it too and that's I think a key to a lot of this is you don't feel like you feel like you're alone you don't feel like you have allies in this and you don't feel like anybody else goes through it because generally what happens is when we start to go down this path and we start to try to figure out how to eat better try to lose weight we're the only one going through it in our circle that we live in when I did it I was the only person that was going through it I was the only person who needed to care about what they were eating, who needed to care about, uh, you know, making themselves a better, uh, not athlete, but a better exerciser, somebody who exercised more and who enjoyed it. Nobody else I knew had to worry about that. And so I needed to figure out and be selfish, you know, along the way and how to do that. But I needed also to be around other people who were going through this from a mental perspective. If there's anything you've gained from listening to me to this point, that emotional stuff is really important to me. I struggle with mental health and I struggle with emotions and I know that I emotionally eat. So if I was going through a plateau in weight loss or didn't know how to get over the next hurdle, 
going to the meetings at Weight Watchers once a week was so helpful because there were other people there who could sort of commiserate and talk through their, you know, their feelings. And by doing so, I was able to relate to a whole lot of people. So if you're in that if you're in that place where you feel like you need somebody who can help you or somebody who you can commiserate with, I would like to think that today there are so many avenues in which you can have a uh, virtual connection with somebody whether it's about weight loss or reading stories or whatever it is. And I think there's so many more avenues for that that don't necessarily mean you have to go to a meeting. Like I don't think physical contact is necessitated for weight loss, but I think the emotional connection is, you know, reading people's stories, listening to what they have to say. And then a lot of times you realize, hey, I've gone through that. Or if you go through it in the future, you know somebody else has gone through it and you're a little bit better prepared emotionally to go forward. Over time, as I started to tackle obstacle after obstacle after obstacle, I realized that I didn't need those people anymore. I provided a lot for them by talking through my story. One thing I did in meetings all the time was talk and be realistic because there were a lot of people who were still where I was in denial, not willing to go that extra mile, not willing to make sacrifices in order to get to where they needed to be. And I, I want to say too, um, that I think if there is one thing, one piece of advice that I could give you is to be ready for this, like make sure and know that you are ready for this because it's a commitment. This is an entire lifestyle change. You're, you're throwing your entire life that the way that you've known it for however long you've been eating this way or not exercising this way upside down um you know if you're concerned about you know how this is going to affect others well guess what i said that you're probably alone in your inner circle of going through this and if that is true then you're going to find out a lot about not only yourself but you're going to find a lot out about the people around you i can tell you from personal experience that as i started eating better and losing weight feeling better about myself, I was starting to realize that there were certain people who were uncomfortable with that. And then as I started running, there were even more people that were uncomfortable with that. And you start to realize that there are people in your life that keep you around because they need to feel better about themselves, because they know that you are vulnerable and that you're in a place in which they look better by comparison or feel better by comparison. Maybe they don't overtly do that. They don't overtly like make fun of you to make themselves feel better, but in their mind, they hang out with you because it makes them feel better. You look fatter than they do. They feel skinnier when they're around you or they exercise marginally more than you do. And so they're, they seem like they have their crap together. And I realized that there was a lot of people who ducked out the second that I said, if you're not with me, then I don't have any time for you because this is my life journey that I'm changing here. I almost died and this is the way that I need to do business in order to get my life intact so that I can be around a lot longer. And if you're not on board with that because my success is in some way in a front or a change to you, like a lot of people hated it because you're like, you run a lot so now we don't get to hang out with you as much, which wasn't true. I prioritized what I needed to do to be successful every day and then I made time for the other things and they didn't like that I wasn't at their beck and call all the time that, hey, I got to get this training run in and then I'm cool after that. You need to find that out. And it's going to happen too. Like, you know, if you're married or you have a, a, you know, a significant other, that that person might not be fully on board because here we are up until this point, eating everything that we wanted, not having to care about this. And now you're all of a sudden making meals, putting restrictions, vegetables, things like that. 
well, I don't like those. Well, guess what? If you're listening and you're one of those people who is actively playing defense against a loved one, get out of the way because they need to do this for themselves and they're going to be a better person for you. And you know what? You can actually be a better person by extension too because you're supporting them through this, helping them be a healthier and better person. And along the way, hopefully you can get to re-know them as this confident person. That's what we all should want. Um, you know, being selfish sometimes is hard, especially if you have kids. You know, your kids don't want to eat necessarily what you're eating. And so it's an added burden to maybe make an extra meal for yourself because your family doesn't want to participate. But if that's what you have to do, that's what you have to do. And, you know, they're not really foreign concepts, like this idea of being selfish, but it's hard to be overtly selfish. And that's what I'm telling you you have to do, because if you don't take control of your life, nobody else is going to do it for you. It's not their life. And you need to be able to do that for yourself. Um, you know, and if you have to cut the cord with certain people, then you have to cut the cord with certain people. Because again, ultimately it's your life. And even when it feels difficult, because there are people who are trying to tempt you, the worst ones are office like Christmas parties or people that bring in baked goods. It's so hard because they're doing a really nice thing. And it's so hard for you to say no because you don't want to seem like that person. But trust me, for after years of saying no, it gets easier and easier because you become more and more confident in who you are. So if you're out there right now and you feel like you don't know where to start, you can start anytime that you want. Just do the research, find the support. And I know that once you get started, it'll start to get better and better and you'll be a better person in the end. Uh, thank you for listening. I just want to mention again, uh, you can find this show and other shows as part of Maddie Ice Media on uh, www.maddieicemedia.com. Uh, you can also connect with this show through our uh, email address, soulfully.casual at gmail.com. Our Instagram pages, which are Soulfully Casual Podcast and Maddie Ice Media 21. And also on Twitter, at Soulfully Casual. Uh, thanks for tuning in again. Old or new, I'd love to have you all. It's been a great journey. And I will talk to you again on Friday. See you down the road and be safe.